The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're the guy that played That's in the NFL. Right. You're yeah. supposed to know exactly. what's going on. Exactly. I, You're I supposed know. to be able to pick these games. Not me. I'm I, just some schlub that got a laptop and a dial-up connection in his mother's basement. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Here we are, PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Joint Mega Picks podcast for the divisional round. Only four games we can talk really slowly today it's kind of nice to have time to let it breathe to have time to go back and forth to not get rushed by pete although we inevitably will because we'll piss away way too much time yes on early, early as game. we always do right no doubt. we're like congress the more money you have to spend the more money you do spend so the deficit ends up being even larger so even with only four games today pete will eventually be calculating how much time we have left to rush through and talk like the guy from the old fedex commercials to wrap up the program do you remember the old fedex commercials i think we've talked about those before i don't i, I don't you know were, you're too young well no wait but like what are you talking about like what what about them like what what there was a yeah series of fedex commercials i i think it was mid to late 80s where the guy talked really, really, really fast. And that was his skill. That was the one thing that this guy did well. He spoke incredibly quickly. And I, I remember Micro Machines like the guy that could speak really fast and do all that. I don't remember the FedEx ones. I don't. And, you know, like, again, I know I was young, but uh, as I've told you before, I am the guy that, you know, will still go back and watch old games of the Giants in the 80s and see some of these old commercials and things like that where, yeah, I don't know why. I just I don't remember that one. It doesn't register in my brain. But, you know, that's what marijuana will do bit. sometimes. It'll kill some brain cells and you forget some shit. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and it won't cause you to talk really quickly. It will cause you to talk really slowly yes. like we have the luxury to do today, although we're probably a few minutes less luxurious because we've been talking about things other than the division round. But you know what? We should talk about the super wild card round. At least we had the a good weekend. Aftermath, we actually did. You were five and one. Hey, if the Cardinals had come through for you, you would have been six and zero. Oh. I was four and stupid two straight pick. up because I made two stupid picks. I trusted the Patriots when I should have taken the Bills and I let that and, you know, it was a combination of I did have a gut feeling that the Steelers could make it interesting, and for 15 minutes they did. And part of it was I just kind of wanted to have some fun. I really did. I wanted to have some fun. I shouldn't have picked them. I admit that in hindsight. But I still had a mild gut feeling, and I would have hated myself if they had won that game and I hadn't picked them. So I live with it. It's fine. Yeah, that's you all right. You gained no ground. Uh, yeah, I, you gained You gained one game in the category where I'm not it doesn't 14. doesn't matter. Shit. I know. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the other categories where you needed to gain ground, and I just assumed you would. I thought you were going to gain a couple straight up. I had no idea that I was 2-0 and best bets. I just assumed it was 1-1. One and one. I had forgotten what my best bets were. We both took the 49ers. I took the Bucks. 
you also had who else did you have? You had the Chiefs to cover, and right. you got that. Right. Uh, so we were perfect on best bets, but uh, and uh, it did not a bad weekend. Not a bad weekend. I'm getting closer and closer to the finish line. Though only seven games left for the remainder of the postseason. Spoiler alert: We will not do a one hour PFTPM Chris Sims unbuttoned joint mega picks podcast for the Pro Bowl. We will not be doing that. Thank God. So there's yeah. only. Only seven games left for this weekend. Let's get to it. It all begins on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans have been installed by PointsBet as three-and-a-half-point favorites with an over-under of 47.5. I mentioned earlier today I have two that I feel good about. I have two that I don't. This is one of the ones about which I feel good, which means this will be the first one of the weekend on which I am completely wrong. Who do you like in the first game to start off the divisional round? Well, let's let's do like what we did last week. You want to break down like the Bengals offense versus the Titans defense first and kind of just ping pong sure. some things there, right? You know, again, sure. I, this Bengals offense, it's dangerous. We know that. They can do a little bit of everything. They got every playbook known, you know, every play in the playbook known to mankind. Um I, I do. I guess what I worry about first off with the Bengals is can they really assemble a running game that can threaten the Titans? I'm not sure they can. Uh, again, we know one of the weak spots of the Bengals is their offensive line, and the Titans have an unbelievable run defense. So I look at that and go, oh, okay, there's advantage Titans. Now you get into the pass game, and that's where it gets a little interesting. It really does. Uh, if there's a weak spot to that Titans defense, it has been pass defense. We've seen some offenses move the ball through the air that way. The Bengals, of course, with all the weapons they have, they're dangerous there. You know, but but I guess what I come back to too, a little bit with you know the Titans. There's two things I look at here to just go. Wait, their pass rush, even though it maybe didn't like live up to expectations throughout the year, I just look at it in this game healthy. Bud Dupree's had some you know time off. He's going to be closer, you know, to a hundred percent back to where he was ACL. You know, there's too many good defense alignment on this Titans D line. They're pretty deep as well. You know, I look at that and go, well, I think their D line is going to be able to pressure Joe Burrow and make him uncomfortable that way. And then, you know, the Titans are game plan specific on the defensive side of the ball. As far as you don't know exactly what you're going to get. They are going to change things up according to who they're playing and what they got to do to stop that football team. And I think oh, that's always a great playoff advantage for those type of football teams. So I look at that side of the matchup, Mike, and as close as it is there, and I love the Bengals, and probably in totality are a better offense than the Titans are a defense, but I don't know if they match up that great with this defense, and I probably give the advantage to the Titans a little bit more in that matchup as compared to the Bengals' offense. What about you? It's a close one. Well... I'm fascinated by Joe Burrow. Yeah. I'm fascinated man. by the fact that he is maturing, developing, progressing, elevating before our eyes. The magic he brings to the postseason arena, what he did at LSU in his second season, what he did last week against the Raiders, just enough. Now, look, I'm troubled by the fact that they let the Raiders hang around, and maybe that's a Bengals defense issue, but it's also, also the absence of killer instinct early. I had that thought. When they were getting field goals instead of touchdowns, sure. remember they had the opportunity early in the game when Derek Carr had the strip sack, short field. It could have been fourteen to three. It was ten to three. That to me was the moment where the Bengals could have laid the lumber to the Raiders and really pulled away and blown them out. So the Bengals, if they have opportunities 
to score touchdowns. They need touchdowns, not field goals. And I'm, I, I, I'm not saying go for it on fourth down. I'm not saying that. I'm saying get the touchdown on third down. Get the first down on third down. Keep the drives alive. You've got the weapons to do it. And maybe you're going to have a hard time running the football with Joe Mixon. But you've got Jamar Chase. You've got T. Higgins. You've got Tyler Board. You've got C.J. Uzama. You've got the weapons. And, she, and, and Joe Burrow's got the moxie. Yes. And he's got the they got all of that. He, I know. He doesn't know he's not supposed to be as far as he's progressed. To me, that makes the offense dangerous, but but they can't squander opportunities. When they get opportunities to score touchdowns this week, they have to take advantage of them or they'll lose. And I, I don't know whether they will. Yeah. I don't know whether they will. That's a question. Because they didn't at home against the lesser defense. So, yeah, they won the game, but that doesn't mean they've unlocked the key to – the 49ers and Joe Montana 1981 Super Bowl run all the way to the top and winning it all. I don't know that they're ready to do that yet. Maybe next year. Yeah. But that's where I'm concerned about the offense. I and, agree. And it, yeah. it, it should not have been a seven-point game last week, and the offense had something to do with that. Well, and scoring touchdowns against this defense is not easy. That's the other thing, too. I mean, we're talking about one of the, the better you know, defensive teams when it comes to points scored in football. I mean, they were the fifth-best fifth defense in that category. And that, that's where, it, yeah, it could be tough sledding down there in that area. Uh, and I don't think the Titans want to play man-to-man. I don't, that's not what they are. They haven't been that all year. So that's not going to lend itself to Jamar Chase back shoulders and, you know, T. Higgins jump balls. Uh, that's where it, it is a really interesting one. Listen, I think I look at this and go, if the Bengals, I just had a little more faith in their offensive line. Right, And I know Joe Burrow, the most sacked quarterback in football, and some of those are his fault. It's like an Allen or a Mahomes or Russell Wilson in his prime a little bit. you got to live with some sacks because he's trying to make magic happen, and he makes a lot of plays avoiding sacks. Uh, but, you know, I, I do worry about this group. Again, like when you talk about Harold Landry and Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, who's one of the best defensive tackles in football, and then, of course, you get into Bud Dupree and some of the other guys they got as far as their supporting cast. It's a pretty good damn special group. And I think that's what scares me. I could see the Bengals throwing the ball and making some plays against the Titans. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it consistently because I'm not sure they're going to be able to block them well enough. And that'll be one of the keys to the game for whoever comes out victorious. All right, you want to flip it over to the other side? Let's flip it over to the other side because it's been nine games that Derrick Henry hasn't played for the Tennessee Titans. By all indications, he will be back in the Bengals defense not special good not great right and they don't have Larry Ogunjobi uh, and Derrick Henry did I mention he's back and <laughs> yeah. I think that 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 makes it that makes a potentially gigantic difference Titans have been fine without him Deontay Foreman's come on it's been great to see former Texas guy who had 2,000 yards back in 2016 17 ish never really caught on in the NFL finally flourishing but if Derrick Henry's healthy Watch out. Watch out for one of those 80-yard runs, bust through the front line, get past the second level, and good luck chasing him down. It, it is scary that way. You know, Larry Ogunjobi, like you talked about, I think that was one of the more under-the-radar injuries from last week's football game as far as what affects this week. The, the Bengals are not a – they're a pretty good run-stopping defense. They are. I mean, they're not the Bucks or the Saints or the Tennessee Titans, but – they're that next level of group down. It's kind of one of the you know better things they do that doesn't get a lot of notoriety. But that to me is a big injury. It definitely is. You know Trey Hendrickson, he's a little beat up. We you know he should be able to go, but I haven't heard what the status is with him exactly right now. And what I worry about is kind of what you talk about. Yeah, them being able to run the football and then. 
you know, worrying about safeties in the box or playing cover four. And then this is the ultimate team. Like we saw a little of the Packers earlier this year where they ran the ball and have some balance. So where now you can hit some big shots over the top against them. I think that's what, what scares me a little bit about that matchup as far as the Bengals. I think they can slow down the run to where maybe they won't get totally smashed. But what to what effect or to what amount are you going to do it to stop that? And now you're going to leave A.J. Brown and Julio Jones in some, some really good situations. I, I just look at that as being one thing that's really going to be a key to this football game because Tannehill, A.J. Brown, I think it's a special combination. they got a great play-action passing game. It's been as efficient and as explosive as anybody in football the last three years. And uh, that's where it's like, okay, Bengals, how are you going to do this? How are you going to balance them taking their shots down the field with also stopping Derrick Henry? It's not overly complicated, but like we talk about a lot, the Bengals make you, or the Titans offense at least makes you defend the whole field. Maybe not as sexy as some other offenses, but they do. And that's going to be an issue for this Bengals defense. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And uh, we, we, we were fascinated by the potential of this Tennessee offense from the moment they traded for Julio Jones. Not that Jones has been a godsend for the Titans, but you get Jones, you get Brown, you get Henry, you got a problem. You got a problem. And, and Ryan Tannehill is just good enough to make it go. Right. And, uh, and you know, look, we, we, we did our quarterback confidence draft earlier in the week. Yeah. I mean, do do we between Burrow and Tannehill? Do we have faith that Tannehill can make big throw, big spot, if and when he needs to do that, I, get a touchdown instead of a field goal? I, I do, yeah, I, I do have that. I, I mean, that that's you know he's he's got big playability. He's certainly not Joe Burrow, and I'm not trying to put him in his class because I think Burrow is you know starting to border on that top five quarterback in football conversation there. But Tannehill is disrespected and. The numbers bear that out. You've heard me say it a lot over the last three years as far as how his deep ball throwing goes. When they do it, it's on the money. And here's another aspect I think that like jumps out to me, and you kind of alluded to it a little earlier. I think there's a part of the Bengals that are just happy they're here, and they got the monkey off their back and they won the game. I feel like the Titans, how could they not be looking at the national media and going, can somebody give us some fucking respect? We're the number one seed in the AFC. And as fucking like as edgy as Mike Vrabel is, I have a hard time thinking he's not pushing the buttons to these guys a little bit. Like, oh, you got no chance. Hey, you know, look. Hey, look at all the betting here. You guys are like the sixth best team in the NFL here, even though you're the number one seed. I just think they're going to be edgy and ready to go, too. And because of that, I'm picking the Titans to win the game. I'm going 27-21 Titans. I think they win at home and host the AFC championship game. I got 24-17 Titans, so we are on the same page there. And they, just two years ago, saw what happens when the one seed gets complacent, when the one seed isn't ready, when the one seed lets its guard down and gets caught by that George McFly roundhouse and they get turned into Biff and they can't ever snap out of it right. that's what the titans did to the ravens right. and i think vrabel will know how to coach his guys away from that same pitfall they have to jump on the bengals early they have to be hungry they have to be pissed and you're right there is a certain element of we've already won our super bowl by winning the division and winning a playoff game the rest of this it's a tough road yeah and hey you know whoever wins this game is going to have to go to kansas city 
Well, if it's the Bengals, they'll have to go to Kansas City or Buffalo. Obviously, the Titans would be hosting the AFC Championship. But if the Bengals pull this off, they know that they're going on the road right. again. Right. They know that they got a potential problem. Um, and uh, wait, were they? Yeah, they were the four seed. Yeah, right? you're right. They, the they played seed. it as four or five. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yeah. They're below the So Bills they'd have to Chiefs. go to Buffalo going on the or Kansas City. Right. And. Yeah, I, I, I think that those intangibles will be a real factor and the Titans will end up winning the game. That's one of the ones that I felt pretty good about. Here's one of the ones that I, I, I initially didn't feel good about, but as we got closer and closer to the end of the week, I began to feel better about it. 49ers at the Packers. The line has been moving farther and farther in Green Bay's direction. Minus six oh, now wow. the Packers are wow. at home. Lambeau Field, biggest spread of the week, over under 47 Let's start with 49ers offense, Green Bay's defense. And Green Bay may be getting some guys back like Zadarius Smith, Whitney Merciless, Jair Alexander would be huge. What what do you see when it comes to the matchup of Kyle Shanahan's offense and Joe Barry's defense? I I mean, again, I like Joe Barry. I certainly do. I think he's done a really good job with their defense. But, I I, I mean, I think this is a a tough offense for them to defend. This is a different team, different offense than earlier in the year win the first matchup and the Packers won the football game. You know, there was no Elijah Mitchell in that game. There was no aspect of Debo Samuel playing tailback in that game either. You know, and and the Packers, yeah, they jumped out on them early and and hung on and made some, you know, unbelievable plays at the end of the, the to win the football game. But I I have a hard time thinking this Packers team's going to be able to stop the 49ers offense consistently. This is my issue with the Packers. We saw it kind of down the stretch of the season. They play a team that's got a little a big physical offensive line and they can run the ball. You can move these guys. Kenny Clark's good. He's real good. The rest of the guys that put their hand in the ground, I you know, they're they're good they're good players. There's nothing special. I don't look at it and go, oh wow, that's a dominant group up there. It's a reason they've fallen short the last two years. You know, like we've talked about. You know, the Bucks the Bucks controlled that defensive line last year. The 49ers are still running on that defensive line from the year before in the NFC Championship game, and I just think that that is a clear advantage to me for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the one thing I look at, and like your health thing there and all of that, hey, you get Zedarius back, you know, more importantly to me, you get Jair Alexander back, and that maybe gives you a little wiggle room to take more chances or add more guys into the run game to slow it down. Because now you can go, you can have snaps where you go, all right, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm cool with Stokes playing Ayuk want man to man. I'm cool with Jair man to man on Debo here. We'll roll the dice. Let's see if we can stop this crazy Shanahan run game with the rest of these guys. Uh, that that is definitely a big key or a help out factor for the Packers. The fact if Jair Alexander can go and play in this football game, but ultimately I worry about again that front seven of the pack of the Packers middle linebackers not real big. Not thumping linebackers, not great at stopping the run. They're going to be probably over-aggressive. What scares me about that is you get over-aggressive in the middle, you know what happens. It's Debo Samuel rocket up his ass, flying across off a play-action pass. And they hit him, and it's like, oh, gosh, are they going to be able to tackle him before he runs in for an end zone, the touchdown? So I do give the advantage to uh, the 49ers here in this, in this part of the matchup. What about you? Well, and we know how fired up and physical that offense can get. If your they guys can. are healthy, Oof, yeah. Kittle and Debo, 
If they're healthy, they're motivated, they're driven, they're roughnecks, they roll out of bed and punch you in the face. And that's the attitude they need to bring to the table to set the tone early. Now, my only concern, obviously, is the quarterback. Position. Yeah, right. I didn't even hit Jimmy on Garoppolo, that. Go, yeah, go. He's got, he's got the lingering thumb problem. Right. He's got the shoulder problem now, which happened from the Cowboys game. Look, it was 23-7, Brandon Ayuk's open, Jimmy Garoppolo misses him. Then it's 23-10, and he sails the ball over a receiver's head. It's intercepted by the Cowboys. Yada, 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 23-17. And they got to sweat and pray and hope that they don't ultimately blow it. And it was another Garoppolo mistake. There were two mistakes. One helped them, one hurt them. One that helped them was the low pass to George Kittle on the play that resulted yeah, in the fumble right. that the Cowboys recovered. Right. Thank God Jimmy Garoppolo misfired a screen pass. And then there was Garoppolo rushing the fourth and inches before Trent Williams could get set, pushing back the 49ers and forcing them to punt late. So Garoppolo is the weak link. And if I'm a 49ers fan, if I'm a 49ers fan, I just accept the fact that at some point that guy is going to fuck up the season. Sorry, Kristen, but that's what he's going to do. At some point, whether it's this game, whether it's the next game, or whether it's the Super Bowl, he's going to do something to cause the whole thing to implode, and I just as soon get it over with if I'm the 49ers, and and I feel like that's what they can count on, unless he's injured, and then it's Trey Lance being thrown to the Wolves, and the only good thing there is he played college football at North Dakota State, so maybe he won't be affected by the cold if it is cold, and it should be cold at Lambeau Field, but I just, the quarterback position to me, I mean, you know, we talked during PFT Live today about the coaching matchups. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there, there isn't a Sharpie yeah. big enough no doubt. to make the check no that doubt. goes on the side of the Packers no ledger doubt. on that one. No doubt. I, and listen, I think if, the, if they have a better quarterback, I'm picking the 49ers in this game, no doubt about it. There's no doubt. You, 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 you said it right. Uh, I mean, it, it's first off, it's rare. And why is it why, why is it controversial to say that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good enough? I, I have don't we know not either. seen it? Well, have yeah. we not seen it? It's just people no, who are oh, like, no, you hate mystic. Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. No, I, I I like good quarterback play, and I'll point out when we don't get good quarterback play. And why are we acting like this guy's a great quarterback when he's clearly not? The evidence has been in front of our eyes yeah. between the inability to stay healthy. Right. The failure to hit Emmanuel Sanders with a championship on the line. The fact that he freaked out Kyle Shanahan in the divisional round in 2019 right. with what should have been three interceptions all by Eric Kendricks, right. and they turned him into Bob Greasy for the rest of that game and all of the next game. He barely threw the ball in the NFC Championship. Are you kidding me? Well, he could have been the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, well, it's his fault that he wasn't. So I just I get exhausted by the 49ers fans who are – they're so not realistic. Propping this guy up. I, I I get you. I mean, listen, their own like team doesn't think he is. It's exactly. Gianon. His own team doesn't think he's the own organization. They are replacing him. And it, it is insane. You know, I think what They're it, up and on. Well, what it goes into is a little bit like we've talked about a lot over the years. People just see wins and they go, well, it's got to be the quarterback. It's got to be the quarterback. That's why they win. That's why. No, it's not. They have a really good football team. They win. In spite of their quarterback, they win. They have a quarterback that's top 20 ish in football, nowhere near the top 10. You want to put him somewhere between 14 and 22? Sure, I think reasonable minds can differ there, but that's about where he is. P- 
period. It's in that range. I mean, and let how many? One more thing. Well, yeah. Hold on. Let me just let me finish say, this. Cause, okay, cause go ahead. How go many ahead. fucking times do we got to see him screw the fucking game up? Like you said. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Last week, the Rams game that they won in Week 18, he threw two interceptions early on in the game. The Titans game. But he game. had a great drive. I Gun know. Check drive. Right. The Titans game. They kicked the shit out of the Titans. He looked really good until he didn't. And then, oh, shit. So, yeah, people are delusional. The Seahawks loss, right? This is a team that's won eight out of the last ten. But you look at the losses or the questionable moments, and they all go back to that guy. So, I'm with you there. Go ahead. Say your thing. Let, let me just say one yeah. thing. And this pains me to say. But this will tell you that there's no bias here. This is truth-telling by me. If if yeah. Kyle hadn't allowed himself to be talked into Jimmy Garoppolo and had waited for Kirk Cousins like he had wanted to do, they would have two more Super Bowl rings already in San Francisco. They'd have one. Already, I'll, say, I'll agree with you They there. would have two more. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. That, and it pains me to say that Kirk Cousins would have one Super Bowl ring. Yeah. I think they would have two. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah. Maybe they'd be getting their second one this year. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's the, the way to way look to at it. Exactly right. I, I, exactly right. I, I think that's fair, and that's reasonable. Now you get to the other side. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. There is, hey, this is the quarterback with the most pressure on him this weekend. No doubt about it. This is legacy-defining, and he's got a damn team from his hometown that's coming, and they're going to try to whoop his ass. It's a scary matchup for them as far as the Packers' offense. But, you know, I do think they figured some things out in the first game, and I think they realize, and we talked about this a little earlier today, the 49ers play some looks that I just look at teams and go, how do you let them get away with playing this defense? And more times than not, it's because the egos of these coaches, wait, all week I had this guy go in there and this guy, I want you to play that. And I'll go back to something that anybody that listens to my podcast that I talk about all the time, it's a lost art in football. It's a lost art. you know. And Troy Aikman alluded to it yesterday. Right, You saw the quote, Mike. I read it on PFT. Of course you saw the fucking quote. He, he talked about, man, the 49ers, they should, he said the Cowboys should have thrown the ball to C.D. Lambmore. He had a lot of great looks during the game. I pointed some out on my Wednesday What the Fuck Happened podcast yesterday where you just go, what, throw the ball. Your guy's better than no-name number 20 running DB out here. Just play Michael Irvin versus this guy's better. And see, Rodgers and company will do that. And that's where it's going to pose some problems for the, the 49ers defense, which I think is an exceptional defense. But that's their weakness. And they'll give you some opportunities to throw 10 yards out, 20-yard out, 15-yard comebacks on the outside and play a zone defense, which plays like man-to-man. And that's where I look at it to go, they got a little advantage there. Can they protect Rodgers? I'm not sure. Can they run the ball against this 49ers defense? I'm not sure. The one thing I'm sure about is they can throw the ball outside against these guys and Rodgers can dice them up. Will they be willing to do it and go back to the well enough times to do it? That's a big question for me in this one. All right, so here we are. The time to make the picks. I get the impression we're both picking the Packers. The question is, who wins on the spread prediction i've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth i've settled in green bay 27 20 meaning green bay wins green bay covers but i can also see it being 23 20 late maybe aaron Rodgers gets matt lafleur to pass on the field goal and go for it on fourth down and go for the win you know a sore point from last year against the tampa <laughs> bay buccaneers but I, I i think that that it won't even be at that level i think like you said aaron Rodgers keenly aware of his legacy 
This whole season is wasted if they don't take care of business against the 49ers. They know all too well what has happened to them in the past when they've had to play out there. But I think there's a difference. That's why home field advantage matters, even when the full season numbers are out of whack and it looks like it doesn't. For a game like this, it does. Playing at Lambeau Field, advantage Packers. Packers win 27-20. So you think I my conversation led you to believe that I'm picking the Packers? I, I thought that, yes. Were you trying to do that on purpose? No, no. Dog? I was just talking. I was just talking. I really was. I just don't know who you're going to pick to cover. I, I don't know. know who you're going to pick to cover. I'm picking the I 49ers and win Packers. the game. I'm going to pick the wow. 49ers and win the game. I am. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. I'm I'm, I said some I'm strong negative Aaron. things there, you know, because I tried to be fair to both the matchup. And I know I said some negative things about Jimmy G. I said, damn, Aaron Rodgers can do this and throw these looks outside. I still am going to go with the 49ers. I do. I just look at it and I just think they're a physically better football team. And the Packers, maybe they win the game. It's a tough one for me. I really go. And, and this is where in the first matchup things changed, Mike. Rodgers and company early on got those looks I talked about, and he threw the ball outside, and they did a lot of good things. The 49ers then shifted to protecting their corners and not letting him do that. The Packers' run game got going after that, and they ran the ball pretty well in the second half, but it didn't necessarily lead to a lot of points. I think the 49ers are going to protect these corners, and I think they're going to go, you know what, we can't stop everything. We're just going to trust our front seven to stop the run here today because we're not going to let Adams and NVS run by us or Lazard and do all that. I'm picking the 49ers on the road, 30-24. to 24. Packers are real good. I know that. I think this is one of the, the, the more horrible matchups they could be facing in this divisional round in all of football. And you know what? I would feel differently about it possibly if it were for a berth in the Super Bowl, but divisional round, I, I think the Packers – I, d- I just I, the extra week this is off. One that I think they're ready good to go. About. Yeah. I just I, yeah. I feel I feel good about this okay. one. The two games about which I don't me. feel good, we still have to discuss. We'll go to the Sunday afternoon game that will be televised by NBC. Rams and Buccaneers. We'll discuss that when this joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Joint Megapix podcast for the divisional round. And we're talking about one game and one game only in this segment. It is our game. The game that you'll see on NBC and Peacock at 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. The Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Much better game than if the Cardinals had won that game on Monday night. If the Cardinals had won that game on Monday night, whatever the spread is, I'd be taking the Buccaneers to cover. No question. Now it's the Rams who beat the Buccaneers. 2020 in Tampa, 2021 in L.A. Now, round three for Tom Brady and Sean McVay. And they have a history. They were 2-0, and Brady was, when he was with the Patriots against McVay as coach of the Rams. Now 0-2 is Brady with the Buccaneers against McVay. This one, this one is one of those ones where 
I, I have gone back and forth. I have been like watching a tennis match all week, going back and forth between the Rams and the Bucks, the Rams and the Bucks, and we have finally reached the point where time to time put to your mouth money where your mouth is, big guy. Although we got about five or seven minutes before we get there, I get yeah. to hear what you have to say. I, I already have my pick, though. I yeah, have my okay. pick. I, made I don't my pick. care. I'm not changing way. it. All good. I I'm know. not going to be influenced by you. No, no, so, no worries. Yeah. When the Buccaneers have the ball and the Rams are playing defense, what are we going to see? Well, that's it, it. It's a weird one. I mean, it, it is a weird one. You know, I always, you know, you've heard me say this before. I always say every team in football has their team. That's their kryptonite. The Rams, to me, are. Somewhat of that team to the Bucks, you know that again. We talk about always with Brady that offense. You want to disrupt him. You got to be able to rush for get pressure in his face. Well, they got Aaron Donald and a bunch of other good pass rushers too. They can do that. They're creative in the back end to make him hold the ball and be confused a little bit. You know, for this big offensive line the Bucks have, they have issues with this small, quick, fast Los Angeles Rams D line. You know, again, Aaron Donald's a deep tackle. He's 280 pounds. Gaines, Greg Gaines is, I think, 290, 291. That just speaks to it. It's not like Vita Vea, who's 350, and, and Dama Kinsu, who's 320. It's a different way in which they play football. And it seems to have given that Bucks offensive line issues the last two years. It really has. This is where I get into this a little bit. And I'm like you. I've been back and forth with this game all week. I go, in both matchups... The Bucks got too arrogant or pass happy. And that's what I don't really understand. I don't. They played into the hands, in my opinion, of the of the Rams. The Rams want you to start throwing the ball. The Rams want to play. Oh, we get to rush Aaron Donald and play crazy coverages and Jalen Ramsey, we move him all over the place and do that crap. That's exactly what they want. Now, Bruce Arians and Leftwich, they want to throw the football. That's what they are. That's where they like. I mean, they they'll run the ball if they have to, but they don't really want to. And will they do that in this game? To me, that's the million-dollar question. They're going to be a big part of like the question of whether the Bucks win the football game or the Rams football game. Because I do think they have an advantage if they get in some of these two tight end sets and just pound the Rams with the run game. We saw they have issues with bigger offensive lines like the 49ers when they run the ball at them. That's a problem. You know, so that and then off of that, you know, of course, that becomes little sets of where you can really protect Brady with the two tight ends or the extra guy in the block. And now he doesn't have to worry about Aaron Donald breathing down his back or neck or Von Miller or Leonard Floyd. So uh, that's where I'm interested to see the Bucks approach. I, 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 I'm, I've been shocked, you know, going back and watching the game earlier this year, how they never really gave the run game even a chance. They kind of threw the ball well early and then just said, we're going to keep throwing it. Screw it. And, of course, it didn't work out. And they did confuse Brady and get after him a little bit. So that's what I look for, and I don't know. Do you think the Bucks can run the ball on them, Mike? Do you think they will? That's, that's really one of the big questions for me. Well, and the problem is the Buccaneers' backfield continues to be banged up. Leonard Fournette did not fully emerge from injured reserve for the wild card round. He's active in a practice, but he's not yet activated to the roster, you've got Ronald Jones. He Damn, has I an ankle injury, that, didn't play right. last week. Right. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Gio Bernard was limited with a hip and knee injury. Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the key. The commitment to the run and trusting Keyshawn Vaughn. And you know where you have to be really careful 
trusting him to hold on to the football because all it takes is one lapse, one aggressive hit, one ripping of the ball, a peanut punch, whatever the case may be, and you got a fumble from Keyshawn Vaughn, and where do you turn? What do you do? So there's going to be a temptation to try to throw, throw, and throw. I know, you're And right. the offensive line, hey, yeah. injury issues as well. Damn. Ryan Jensen, no practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. Tristan Wirfs, I'll be shocked if he plays. I will be He too. tried to hobble out there on one leg. He had nothing. Uh, and I think he probably made it worse. And you're talking about a you know a one week turnaround. I, I if he if he's healthy enough to play, he he may not make it through the game. Not with the guys he's going to have to block. So this is going to be all on Tom Brady. This is yet another legacy advancing game for Brady. Quick decisions. No, we're going to throw the ball before it's even in your hands. Get rid of it fast. And if the walls start to close in, that's when it becomes compelling. The walls close in, and he throws it up for grabs. And will the Rams be able to track it and catch it when Tom Brady inevitably throws it up? I'll say one and a half is the over-under on the number of chuck and duck throws by Tom Brady on Sunday as he's getting swarmed by the Rams' front seven. So you're right, though. They've got to trust the running game. They've got a plan to run the ball. They've got to stick with it. And they can't let Brady's desire to take the game over potentially wreck the game for the Buccaneers. No no doubt. That's, that's, I mean, I think you said it. It's well said. And I don't, you know, again, yeah, I think they're, they're flirting with danger if they drop back and throw the ball too many times. You look at their losses this year. It's against defenses that kind of play this style of you don't know what coverage this is. This is crazy. You know, one guy blitzes, one guy drops back, and we got a good front four. You know, that's what the Saints had. That's what Washington had. It's what the Rams had early in the year. I mean, those are your four losses. They all had that in common. So, yeah, going to be interesting to see. All right, other side of the ball. You know, you talk about Rams offense, Bucks defense. Bucks defense we know has a special D-line. Uh, really, hey Mike, I look at this one and go, can the Rams O-line block the Bucks D-line? It's almost as simple as that. Can they protect Matthew Stafford when he drops back to pass? Or is he going to get hit and strip sack fumble or have the pocket collapsing and make some stupid throw down the middle with everyone bearing down on him and he gets over aggressive in a moment where things are collapsing and throws a dumb interception? That is the thing I don't, I don't know about. I question. I don't Love this Rams offensive line, their talent. McVay does a good job of hiding them and not trying to put them in too many uncomfortable positions. But with Whitworth, you know, banged up or not 100%, that's a little scary. I, I, you know, running the ball, how much can they do that? Can they do it enough to just be, hey, keep them off of us a little bit to where we can keep our play action pass game? I'm not sure. You know, I do think dropping back to throw the football that Stafford and the Rams will have their way with the Bucks defense if they can protect them. So that's the one area I look at. But damn, that D line's healthy in Tampa right now, and that's where I go back and forth with this one. You know, as far as this side of the matchup, as far as figuring out who who to trust or who has the advantage here. How do you how do you kind of see it playing out, Mike? Well, Cam Akers, I think, is the key member of the offense for the L.A. Rams. Can he run the ball? Can he get yardage? Can he move the pile when you consider how good that rush defense is? And if they can't get the same kind of balance, and they were they were so balanced on Monday night, they were out of balance with 38 <laughs> yeah, right? runs right? and 17 Matthew Stafford throws. And Stafford explained on Wednesday, that was just flow of the game. Sean McVay said the same thing. It was a flow of the game. You get short fields. 
Uh, you don't have a lot of, of distance to cover. You're getting a quick score like the pick six they got. You're not in a position where you have to do all that much in the passing game. They're going to have to do more in the passing game this week. And that's where, look, when, when, when all else fails, I go back to the quarterbacks. And just like it's Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. And I'm not saying Stafford is a stiff, but eight touchdowns, eight interceptions the last four games of the regular season. I think Stafford is going to make a key mistake. Will he overcome it? That that remains to be seen. But I think at some point in the game, we're going to see a big mistake from Matthew Stafford that's going to help the Buccaneers and may end up being the difference maker. It, 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 I mean, listen, I, I, I think it's fair. I mean, it's fair. Stafford is crazy because he's crazy talented and can do things like we saw the other night where it's 13 completions and it's over 200 yards and you go, holy shit, every time he's dropping back, they're getting a 25, 30-yard gain. So that's where he's crazy talented. And if he's hot, and watch out. But you look at, again, you look at their losses. Other than, you know, really, I, I think the last game of the year against the 49ers for the most part, and I think you could, you could question that, Every loss has one thing in common. Stafford did dumb shit once or twice in that game. Almost every one. I'm going to say he doesn't do dumb shit. I'm taking the Rams to beat the Bucks in Tampa wow. 24-21. Wow. I think it's just one of those matchups. They played each other in 79 down there in the NFC Championship game. Rams oh, win. Don't, don't give me that, that was an stuff. L.A. Know, Super Bowl, I know, I know. and this is another oh, L.A. Man. Super Bowl. I don't really care about all that stuff, but I just thought it was funny to add it in. <laughs> yeah, 11-5 uh, to five is the final score I picked for this one. No, I'm not doing 11-5. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, I, I I just think it, it it's I hear be you one you trust Brady and Tom you don't Brady trust finds a way. right and here's one of the reasons why I, I I'm taking the Bucks all else fails I go back to my picks preseason I pick the Bucks to make it to he elected the, the Bucks he elected the Bucks in so August if, he elected the Bucks in January if all else fails <laughs> they came through for me last year I picked them to win the Super Bowl last Amazing. year I can't turn my back on them now I yep. picked them to get to the Super Bowl so I got to pick them that's it that's it twenty three seventeen. Bucks win. 23-17. Bucks win. Let's take a break. When we return, the most exciting game of the weekend as far as we're concerned. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, their latest encounter in the postseason. We'll break down Bills at Chiefs when PFTPM and Chris Sims on Button continue right after this. My homie versus giddy up, giddy up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. Let's get to it. The final game of the weekend, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Bills at the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the home team, favored by a mere one and a half points, which means neutral site. The Bills would be the favorite. Over under 54 and a half, by far the highest over under of the week. And I actually think it's going to be over. Maybe one of my best bets will be the over in Bill's Chiefs because I think 54 and a half is a little low. That's, that's a little low. I that's hear a you. little low. 
That's a little low. And then I don't have to commit. I like that. I don't have to commit. Um, regardless, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure out the best bets later. For now, let's do Chiefs have the ball, Bills on defense. What do you got? Well, I, I just think, again, this, this is a weird one here where – and I, I, I said it a little last week. You know, I think we saw it a little, and it didn't have to be necessarily all running game or anything like that. But I think to take advantage of the Bills, and if you want to beat the Bills defense, you have to run the ball a little bit. You have to. You can't think you're going to drop back 45 or 50 times and beat the Buffalo Bills because I just think they're too crazy with their coverages and things they do. McDermott's got people, and Leslie Frazier, they're dropping out everywhere. You know, so that to me, and again, we've seen the Bills on the defensive side of the ball, the teams they struggle against have all had one thing in common. Whether that was the Titans, the Colts, the Patriots, they were bigger than them up front, and they could run the ball on them and pressure them that way, you know, with that aspect of the game. You saw last week, McKinnon can run the ball. It was five yards a carry. They had some cool screens to them, too. You know, that to me is going to be a big part of the football game. If you let McDermott and Leslie Flager just go, oh, it's Kansas City throw show here, and we can drop back and play all these crazy coverages, Kansas City's not going to win. They're not. They have shown that they can, they can get guys in the right spots to stop the every down passing play. It's a good Bills pass rush. It is. It's, it's, I mean, they can rush for and get after the quarterback, but how how you know how good is it going to be against this current Chiefs offensive line? I don't know. I don't know. That's a big question to me too. Can they get close to Mahomes and company and make him feel uncomfortable that way? It's a great pass protecting offensive line. So that's the thing I come back to more times than not. You know the 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 last week the Bills and and against the Patriots both times the last two times they played them and beat them they played a lot of man to man. You know because they were worried about the run game. And you could get away with that against the, the Patriots. They have no burners at receiver, so you're okay. I feel good about my corners, Levi Wallace and, and uh, Teron Johnson playing man-to-man against these guys. But you can't do that this week. I mean, we know that. Playing man-to-man against the Kansas City Chiefs is the ultimate kiss of fucking death. You're going to get burned. It's going to be a bomb show. See you later. So I get into it, and I saw Andy Reid run the ball against McDermott in their first matchup in 2020. And that helped them win at Buffalo. The weather wasn't great. I don't trust Andy Reid to do that. But you know that to me, again, I don't mean to make it basic or anything like that. I just think there has to be some semblance of that in their game. They can't just think it's going to be the air show with Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes and think they're going to beat the Chiefs this time around. I don't see that happening. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is moving back toward being able to play. He fully participated in practice on Wednesday. Jarek McKinnon was... The, the wild card, the X factor for the Chiefs on Sunday night against the Steelers. But you're right. They are going to have to run the ball, and maybe they're the team. Isn't, isn't it weird to think? Yes. Isn't it weird to think that it's in their interest to slow it down? I think it is a to little. To take their time, to keep the Bills from getting into the rhythm that they were in on Saturday night against the New England Patriots. I, I never thought I would say that the Chiefs – had it in their best interest to take it easy. But for this game, maybe they do. And and that'll be the, the biggest test for Andy Reid. Can he defy his yeah. coaching DNA right. Right. and try to take it slow, not go over the top, not force it down the field? 
gladly take. I mean, full-blown West Coast offense, take your time, chunks, chunks, chunks. Keep Josh Allen on the sidelines so he is feeling antsy and he is pressing potentially and he never gets into that same rhythm. You got to bust that rhythm. You got to make them know early on. And we'll get we'll get to the other side. Let's take the other side. When the Bills have it, I think the one thing you got to do, it can't be easy for them. You've got to make it hard for them early so they understand from the get-go this isn't the wild card round. The planets lined up for you that night. They're all out of whack tonight. So if you can disrupt that early, maybe you have a chance if you're the Chiefs to outscore them. I, it's crazy, but I mean, I, I, I think I agree with you a little bit. Yeah, the patience of the Chiefs is going to be a little bit of a key to this football game. I would agree with you there on the offensive side of the ball. You know, the patience of, okay, fine, I'll run the ball. Okay, fine, I'll check it down. Okay, fine, I'll run a speed sweep with McCole Hardman and Tyree Kill. See if we can pop something that way. You know, they did that last year and got like a huge gain in the AFC Championship game from McCole Hardman. They ran for over 100 yards in the Bills' defense last year in the AFC Championship game. It just wasn't the traditional way. They had a lot of lanes with the running back. Again, around like, you know, over four yards a carry in that one. But, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It, it always comes down to that with Andy Reid. I don't know if they're willing to do that. And can Mahomes be patient? Because I'm with you in the fact that, hey, the Chiefs defense is better. I think this Bills offense is on fire. They found their mojo down the stretch of the football season. And Allen is on fire. And, you know, Allen is, he's playing better ball than Mahomes is right now. And Mahomes is playing good. Don't get me wrong. But Mahomes, Allen has become a force of nature. You know, and I look at that, and they have everything in their offense. They're running the ball enough, and I don't worry about them. They're going to run the ball with Josh Allen and Devin Singletary enough now to where I don't question it like I did in Week 10 where I went, it just can't be Josh Allen throwing the ball every time. They've proven to me that they're, they got that aspect of their offense, and Allen has it all. You want to play coverage, he'll pick you apart and be patient. You want to be aggressive, watch the fuck out. It's going to be a laser show. So that's where I get into this. I think they're the hungrier team. That's what I'd look at. I think they're hungry. I remember Chris Jones last year before the AFC Championship game. They remind me of our team from a few years ago. Well, you're the Patriots of a few years ago. You know, They're the Chiefs. They're looking to slay you to become the new Kings. I think they're going to slay them. I think this is the week they're going to do it. I'm going to pick Buffalo to win on the road, 34-31. I just think they're playing a little bit better football. They match up pretty good, and I just feel like they got a little edge about them right now and really want this. Uh, I'm going with the Bills, Mike. I got the Bills 41-38. I think back to the images of Stephon Diggs last year out there on the field watching the Chiefs celebrate their latest Lamar Hunt trophy uh, after beating the Bills in the in the AFC Championship game, taking it all in, and uh, assuming he doesn't test positive for COVID. Now, not that anybody's testing positive for COVID. That, that's not that's not uh, that's just all coincidental that nobody's testing positive anymore. But w- one thing that horrified me on Sunday were the images of Stephon Diggs at the Cowboys 49ers game, maskless with a bunch of people maskless in his face. 
I hope he doesn't test positive between now and Sunday night. He could be a huge factor in this game because he's hungry. This is his moment. This is his chance. And it was more Dawson Knox the other night with the superstar plays. I yeah. mean, yeah, Diggs still did Diggs things, but he didn't have huge numbers. I think he could have huge numbers. With Tyree Kill on the other side, this is Stephon Diggs' night to let everybody know how good he is. 41-38, maybe a couple of touchdown catches for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, oh, wow. So we, we're both feeling the same way. Yeah, I, I just – I look at it, and again, I like the Chiefs. I like what they do. Of course, they're the champs. You know, It's hard to pick against them. I just look at this team going, I think Buffalo's got it right now. And, yeah, just like the Bengals with Joe Burrow making plays on that defense, I just think the Bills are going to be making those type of plays on this defense too. And part of what made the difference for me, and this is where I screwed up last week, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl before the season started. What the fuck was I thinking <laughs> picking the Bills to lose in the wild card round? I picked them to win the Super Bowl. What's wrong with me? I told me? you, some we German woman made your pasta and meatballs last week. Some, some woman named Heike, Heike made your pasta and meatballs. <laughs> Urkel grew. Uh, let's take a break. Best bets in Folsom Prison Blues pick when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. We disagree on half of the games this week. Shit, and I really thought you were going to take the Chiefs. You've got the 49ers and the The Rams. Rams. I've got the Bucks and the Packers. We both agree on the Titans over the Bengals and the Bills over the Chiefs. I, I kind of hinted at it when I went with my reasoning for Tampa Bay since I picked the Buccaneers to get to the Super Bowl I, I'm I'm going. I'm retreating back to my basic principles. I am going to defer to how I believed in September. If those teams are still alive, I'm going to keep riding them. All right, it's time to ride the best bets. Two this week out of the four games, either a team against the spread or an over-under. Chris, you're up. Well, I'm going to take the 49ers off the bat. Six is just too much for me in general, let alone I think the, the 49ers are going to win the football game. So I'm, I'm going with the 49ers in that one. No brainer for me there. Titans for me, given three and a half to the Bengals. I think they easily cover the spread. It's time for the for the chariot to turn back into the pumpkin that matches the color of the Bengals' helmet on Saturday. Great job by the Bengals. They'll be a Super Bowl contender next year. This year, the ride ends, and the Titans become a team that very well could make it to the Super Bowl. So give me the Titans. Okay, that's a good one. I know. I, I thought about that. I just I'm going to go with the Bills as my second one. I am. I just I think the Bills are going to win the game. Of course, they're getting one and a half points, but uh, I, I look at them to win this football game, so I'm going to go there. I'm going to do something I rarely do. I rarely do it. You're going I'm the over. It. I'm going the over. 40, 54 and a half. I'll take 44 and a half if that's it. But 54 and a half, that's too low. That's too low. There's going to be over 60 points scored in this game easily, unless there's some crazy weather system that moves in that I'm not aware of. Oh, please be 33 to 30. It's too low. 33 to 30, Bills, please happen. Come on, Bills, 33 to 30. But that's still still over. No, it's still over. My final question. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm done. (laughs) Duh, I can't add. Damn, so I need to blame that on New Jersey, on Texas, or on being around me. I don't know. Blame it on all of them. Blame it on all All of them. Damn, so I need like a 27 24. Yes. Um, that just tells you that it's too low. It, it does. going to be 27-24. Feels low. All right, the one game. If you were dying in a gutter, not already dead because then it's too late. Aaron Rodgers is playing on a loop. Don't waste <laughs> your time reading that crap. Give me your one. I guess it's the 49ers. Uh, no. Is I, it? No. I Ooh. think 
I don't feel comfortable about the bet or anything like that, but I think if I'm going to pick one team to lose, I'm going to pick the Bengals to lose. I'm going to go with that so one. So Titans. Up. Yeah, the Titans, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Titans. All right. That's it. Enjoy the games. It Can't should wait. be a great weekend. I'm so excited now. They're all great games. And then I kick your ass as I have all year long. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. See ya. (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.